It is the Seven Figures Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. All the information that you need to dominate your finances. I'm Sandy Waters. We are going to try to inspire you today. So all the research that I've been doing, it keeps coming up. How women feel intimidated by finances. Women are still less confident than men about money. Why? Not only do women feel less confident, they say, women are failing to do what's needed to get their finances in order. We're overspending, we're not saving as much as men when it comes to saving for the emergency fund, and women are less likely to invest in their company's 401k. So if you're a female and you're nodding along to everything I just said, well, we are going to try to pull out that confidence that I know is inside you. We're going to get your finances in order. But first, let's say thank you to our good friends at Family First Credit Union. Very good people, very good resource, and they truly believe in financial education. So we appreciate them. Okay, we're talking about women and finances. So we're going to cash in with the perfect expert, Erica Cummings, certified financial planner, vice president at Morgan Stanley, and the creator of the Women, Wealth, and Empowerment series. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to spend a few minutes with us. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this interview specifically because I just had a conversation with my mother. Now, she's an Italian mom. You got to know this, okay? Yeah. My cute little Italian mom's like, oh, I pray every night that your father, that I go before your father. Oh, no. Because I don't know what I would do financially without him. Oh, no. And I'm like, mom, you can do it. She's very active with the decisions that, you know, they make together financially, but she's it's overwhelming. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. This industry is so intimidating to everyone, to men and women, but in particular to women because it is a very male-dominated industry. Yeah. The general terms that you hear are male sports-like terms. Mm -hmm. So beating the market, outperformance. I always joke that the bull is the symbol of the industry. So it can't be any more male oriented. Uh, yeah, that's true. Also, in the financial services industry, 86% of financial planners are male. Still. Still. Yes. It's a it's a problem because when you look at the demographics of the of the country, that it's not a reflection of yeah. of what is out there. And so there is this ongoing fear and intimidation that women feel because they're not being spoken to in a language that that they necessarily relate to. So when you use terms alpha, beta, asset allocation, that's it. It's over their heads. And whether it be how they grew up in their homes or they're so busy that it's something to delegate away, it just doesn't become something that's on the forefront until they start to think about the potential to actually have to take care of it. So – Take us through, how was it growing up for you? Because I know your environment when you grew up really impacted and and made you so passionate about finances. It did. So I was a product of the 70s and early 80s where divorce was quite common. Hmm. My parents got divorced when I was nine and my brother was five. And we were the traditional latchkey kids. My mother luckily took care of the finances when my parents were married. My dad owned a successful business and my mom took care of all the money when it came in. So when they got divorced, at least that part was comfortable for her. A lot of women going through divorce, that's the first time they've ever seen anything. And it can be really overwhelming. But I never saw that growing up. She had stress and she certainly had sleepless nights, but we never knew it at the time. 
I saw a woman who could do everything, who could take care of the house both inside and out. And we lived a very good childhood. And she also taught me to be extremely independent. And that, I'm sure, came from her having to move on on her own, that I should be able to take care of myself. I should be able to make sure that no matter what happens in my life, hopefully it'll be a good path and I'm happily married. But if not, that I can be secure and independent. And so I went off into the universe when I was 26 and went into the financial world and thought that we were done with this gender parity issue and mm-hmm. and whether or not women and men could do the same things. And I started over the years to slowly see that that wasn't the case when it came to money. So many things we were starting to share, whether it be cooking or helping to take care of the children, especially as women get out into the workforce. But for some reason, that financial knowledge and that engagement in finances was the one thing that was still, it looked like the 50s. And I would have meetings with clients where maybe the wife would come to the first one or they would be there, but they wouldn't be engaged. They wouldn't have real meaningful conversations. And unfortunately, because of the fact that we live six to eight years longer than men, and 80% of us will be alone at some point having to take care of our finances, it does end up becoming their responsibility. And it comes in a very usually emotional and tragic way. And so what your mom is talking about is real. And so my passion is to try and eliminate that fear, try and have that engagement and excitement before something happens Yeah. so that they're not dealing with the tragedy itself and then the constant fear of I'm not going to be okay. You've been in this business now for how many years? It'll be 17 and 18. Okay, so you have a good gauge of, of your clients and what they're thinking. And you put together this seminar, mm-hmm. um, Women, Wealth, and Empowerment, and it was funny because I was asking her, I'm like, really? Wait, let me look at this again. There's yes. no fee. No. I don't know why I'm such a skeptic. Yes. But you really are doing it for women. Um, but it comes from a, a, a good place because you really feel passionate about this. I am. I Between my background and, and growing up the way that I did, and then I also have an eight-year-old daughter, and I want her to, and her friends, and every woman that that is around me to feel the ability to do this themselves, to not have that fear, to not have that intimidation. So the workshops we do are free. And I always look at it that whenever we have a room full of women, if I can have them leave with even one or two nuggets that they can apply to their life, then I've done something good. And it is truly a passion of mine. It has become something that gets me excited to get out of bed every morning And I am energized when I'm in front of a group. And there is so many ancillary benefits that come from it. Other women meeting each other that would never normally have met. There's support there that they wouldn't normally be inclined to find. And so it's just, it's wonderful. It's a great way for us to lift each other up. For some reason, women, we under estimate and undervalue ourselves. We do. Even in the job environment. I mean, men are, it's so easy. It comes second nature to them to go for, come forward and say, I demand a raise. Yeah. I am, I'm a valuable employee here. Now you're going to compensate me. Absolutely. Women, we just sit in a corner and wait to be recognized, noticed. Yes. 
Well, and I think it's because there is this unconscious environment where men, if they are strong and they are, they go after the, what they want, that they're, that's, that's good. That's great qualities. I admire that. Right. Yes. And then when it's my turn to do it, I'm like, ah, when women do it, (laughs) when women do it, um, it, it's not received as well. Uh, So it's true. you, You, and we worry. So when we, and this is just from my experience, when men make decisions, they just make them. They make very them. decisive. They're You're very right. decisive. When women make decisions, we consider how do we feel? How is everyone else going to feel? Am I do I really deserve this? Maybe I should wait. I don't want to rock the apple cart. They they mm. we mull over it for so long that we almost talk ourselves out of it. And we have to realize that we are worth it, that we deserve this. We work hard. We are worthy of this. And that's the part that we're trying to bring out of women, that, that even though money is somewhat taboo, talking about money is actually tougher than talking about some other topics, yeah. we have to start talking about money. We have to start supporting each other. We have to start telling each other that this is important. Money is power. Money allows you to make decisions in your life mm-hmm. that you would not normally be able to make. I was actually watching an interview the other day, and they were correlating it to the Me Too movement and and what's been going on with women for so long not being able to step out. And they made the, the correlation between the power that you have if you have money to be able to step out because you know that you'll be okay versus yeah. not having that knowledge, not having the ability to say, I'm going to be okay. So you don't step out. You're too busy analyzing risk versus reward. Yes. And you mm-hmm. haven't necessarily built a, a sense of, of stress relief, emergency funds to be able mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to walk away from this job. I don't deserve to be treated like this. There is something better for me because you haven't focused on making sure that you're going to be okay and realizing that you need to empower yourself. You stay. So, so I many think- women right now, I could say you're nodding your head. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, it, and that is the part that we really want to try to break through is this notion that it's not greedy, it's not scary, it's quite simple, and it really all comes from a love of yourself and mm-hmm. a love of your family that you yeah. want to be engaged and you want to become more empowered. Because when you do achieve that point in your life, and it doesn't have to be buckets of money, just no. a place where you feel like I don't have to stress if there's yeah. an unexpected expense. Absolutely. Once you get to that level, oh, my God, it it really is like a renewed confidence. And you can dedicate more time being the mommy that yes. you want to be. Yes. We look at any person's life as a series of critical financial events. So we're all going to face them. Some of them we choose. Mm-hmm. So we choose the jobs that we take. We might choose the home that we're going to buy. People choose when they want to retire, but there's going to be a lot of critical financial events that you don't have any control over, whether it be an illness, a divorce, or an unfortunate loss of a spouse. What you want to do is to make sure that you have created enough, what I call fluff in the mattress. So when you think about a mattress, if it's really, really thin and you fall on it, it's going to hurt. But if you get enough knowledge, you make sure that you have everything that you need. You've put the time in. You've done the planning. You deal with the icky subjects, the taboo subjects. The mattress becomes thicker. 
So when you fall, which we all are going to, it doesn't hurt as much. Yeah. And you're able to address the issues that you need to address in your life without the financial part being such a burden because you've taken care of it. You've prepared yourself. That was a good analogy for me, too, because, you know, Italians, we stuff our money under yeah. the mattress. So that was perfect. <laughs> yeah. I completely understand. Yeah. <laughs> My people, we understand that. Um, okay, so take me through. Tell me a little bit more about the Women, Wealth, and Empowerment series. Now, sure. I'm assuming a lot of what we've already discussed is things that you bring up during this seminar. Yeah. But what are some other things that you focus on, areas, those little nuggets that we can walk away with today? So the overarching theme of the entire program is this idea that your financial wellness, your physical wellness, and your emotional wellness are all tied together. And as women, we spend an awful lot of time, whether we actually do it or not, we spend an awful lot of time researching how we can be physically well and how we can be emotionally well, mindfulness and stress relief and yoga and making sure we eat well and exercise. But we really leave that financial component off the table. Mm -hmm. And so we want to make sure that women understand that these same effects that a physical illness or an emotional illness can have on your life, so can a financial illness, for lack of a better term. So we start off the, the program by discussing those fears that hold women back, and we engage the audience in what has been holding them back from being engaged in their finances. And then we talk about the unique strengths that women have that actually make us really good at managing money. What are those? We are multitaskers. Okay. We're nurturing. We're really good at relationship building. We are very good at looking at the big picture. We want to know why we're doing things. We're extremely patient. Men generally mm. check their portfolio more often. Men feel as if they have to do something more often, where women, once they have that knowledge, they, they, they are really more patient and really more disciplined. But because we're emotional creatures, though, doesn't that work against us? Because in finances, you got to pull the emotion out. Well, yes and no. So uh, I always say a good planner is always helpful in these environments because that's what I do with my clients. It, it's a lot of behavioral management. Mm. And so I firmly believe that if women are educated enough, they will have that patience and that discipline because okay. they'll know the big picture. They are able to put it in perspective and not feel as if it has to be stared at every single day and that something has to be done right now. We also look at that bigger picture and we try to align women with their purpose and then also the connection between that purpose, money, and love. And that the way that we view money and the way that we incorporate that into the way that we love ourselves and the people around us are all intertwined. And so one of the biggest things that we tell our clients all the time is they have to know what they have. We tell the people in the workshops, you need to know what you have. We use binders for our clients where we organize all of their most important papers, everything. Which seems overwhelming, but it's it's a necessary. It is critical because you don't know what you don't know. My husband does not take care of the finances, as you can imagine. We have a binder. He doesn't care what's in the binder. He just knows that it's there if something happens. And that is one of the most important components for anybody is to know where everything is, to put it all together into one place. Every little detail. Every little detail. So you want to have your your wills and your power of attorneys and insurance documents and your different accounts that you have 
usernames and passwords because almost everything we do now is on the computer. Mm -hmm. And you want the people that will be managing your affairs if something happens to know where the binder is. They don't need to know what's in it because a lot of people feel weird about that. They just need to know it exists. They need to know that if something happens, we do this with my mother when she watches our kids if we go away. It doesn't happen often that we get away, but if we do. (laughs) My face lit up. I was so excited for you. You go away? (laughs) If we do actually get to go away, my mom is the one babysitting. For more than two hours? Yes, yes, yes. Potentially where we could, may not. We may not come back for some reason. Um, She knows where the binder is. And so anybody, as as people get older, it could be their children, their spouses, et cetera, should know where that binder is. That's one of the biggest tips we give. The other is that you should know what you have in terms of what the assets are Mm -hmm. and more importantly, why are you using them? So having that plan, having the short-term, mid-term, long-term goals, 50% of the population walks out of their work and retires with no plan. They just leave. Oh, wow. Yes. It's shocking. So they don't know if they can afford it. They don't really know what decisions they're making as far as pensions and 401ks. They just go. That is a recipe generally for disaster. So you want to have a plan in place. The earlier you can do it, the better. I had a wonderful opportunity to meet with a younger couple last week, and that's so exciting to me because it's almost like a flower that's blooming that you get to help shape. (laughs) And uh, there's so many things that you can do when you start early, and it's never too early to start. And it's never too late to take a look. I always have clients saying to me, I, I, I don't think I've done enough. Well, you have to start somewhere. You wouldn't build a yeah. house without a plan. You need yeah. to have a plan. Yeah. You have to know what you're paying for the investments that you have. A lot of people can't answer those questions, and they can't answer if what they're investing in, what life insurance they have, all of these components actually fit with the plan. So you have all this stuff. But is it really accomplishing what needs to happen over okay. here? And I think we're really, very trusting, too. Yes. Well, I, I use this analogy as well. The medical profession and the financial profession have a lot of similarities. And I tell people, if you were to go to your doctor for surgery and say, can you please explain to me what the experience is going to be like? If the doctor says to you, you're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. You would say, no. I need a little more information. I don't want to know textbook verbiage that you learned in medical school, but I want you to tell me how I'm going to feel. What's the recovery time? What are some of the complications? What are the percentages around those complications? You want to feel going in that you're making a good decision and that the doctor is understanding and is speaking in a language that you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. with. You should be approaching your financial planner the same way. When you walk in, you should be able to talk to the planner and have a dialogue. You don't need to know the ins and outs of Mm -hmm. all of the ways that investments are are going on in any particular day, but you should know why you're invested in something, what you're paying for it, and is it working towards the plan that you want? Because you can't possibly know what to do with your assets if you don't know what you're doing them for. It seems overwhelming, but you have to look at it in small Chunks. Is that the biggest mistake that you see most women make or just people, I should say, in general? So women, obviously, one of the biggest mistakes is they're not involved. Um, But for people in general, the biggest mistake is that they're not looking at why they're doing what they're doing. 
So they okay. just buy what they think they need. They plug away the percentage into their 401k. They throw it into whatever target date fund or whatever fund that there is in, in there. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I, there's nothing against any of this. It's just not knowing whether what you're doing is actually it's going right. to achieve your goals. Now, the statistics said that women don't even contribute to their 401k. There is a significant amount of women that don't contribute. Why? Or they contribute. Is it lack of knowledge it? About is it lack or of knowledge. is it? Okay. Yes. And so that's part of the reason. The workshops that we do, we actually do on employer sites as well. So okay. we have we work with their HR department and do lunch and learns for women. Because sometimes when they have their 401k providers coming in, it's still that intimidating environment. They're there with their male coworkers. They don't want to ask the questions. Mm. So they just come and they listen and they leave. Where in an environment where it's just the women and we're having a discussion, they feel more inclined to ask the questions. And knowledge is power and power equals participation. So you suddenly feel as if, wait, I should know what I'm doing here. It really is just getting them comfortable with wanting to know. I have yet to have any pushback from a single man about this program, which is so wonderful. Mm. Like I said, I'm a happily married woman, and this is certainly not about putting men down. Men want their wives to be involved. They don't want to. They love them. They don't want to see them in distress. So it's about family planning, too. And so it's, it's making sure that women understand that, Managing your money is not on the list with mowing the lawn, grocery shopping. It should be on the list of we are going to the doctor. We are taking care of ourselves physically. We're taking care of ourselves emotionally. It carries that much weight. It should be in that column. This needs to be a priority. It's the Women, Wealth, and Empowerment Series. Is there a website to go to? So here's the problem with our website. It's a very long URL. Okay. I always suggest that if you Google Erica Cummings, E-R-I-C-A, it will bring you right to our website. Okay. Also, if you email erica.cummings at morganstanley.com, we will add you to the invite list and you'll have all the information for all future dates. Thank you so much, Erica Cummings, a certified financial planner, vice president at Morgan Stanley, and of course, the creator of Women, Wealth, and Empowerment. It is free and it is going to educate you and give you that confidence that you need to take charge of your finances. Thank you so much for having me, Sandy. It's time to bring in my dad. Father knows best. My dad's two cents. Thank you so much again for listening to the Seven Figures podcast. RochesterBuzz.com, Google Play, and subscribing and, and leaving us a review on iTunes as well. Have a great weekend. Dominate your finances. Never underestimate the power of small savings. If you pay attention... To the small amounts you spend every day, it can make a big difference in the future. Over time, it adds up, but more importantly, it teaches you financial discipline by making you more aware of where your money is going. 